all store associates are currently dead. Okay, we're going to call a different state's GameStop. <laughs> How did we not record? Where does it have really nice weather? How did we not record our great gag phone call to the one people who picked up? Because we can't call them back now. <laughs> well, they're closed. They were closing as I was calling. I was... I That's was fantastic. ruining someone's sh- the end of their shift. They're about to go home to their. Mm. <laughs> All right, uh, Indiana's snow free. In- Indiana. All right. Indiana. You Pennsylvania. just read Indiana, Pennsylvania. Okay. Wait, what's of f- Paris, Texas? That's where you should call. Somewhere Paris, in Texas? Paris, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Why? Because you know, like Paris, France. Get it? Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, you should mention. Is this Paris? GameStop and we're calling. They have three stars. This isn't even a good GameStop. All right, ready, Perfect. set, go. Thank you for calling GameStop and Cricket Wireless. This is Riley. Hi, Anders Lee here. First time caller, long time gamer dude. Uh, I was just calling to see if you guys have the the game Assassin's Creed Unity. This is Paris, Paris, right? Yes, sir. I'm not seeing that one. Not Assassin's Creed for that. Okay, I, I'm just I'm more specifically looking for a video game that I can play that's about the French Revolution that doesn't disgu- dis- inspire self disgust in the French people. Would you? Okay, rec- let me hold on. Question. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Um, Wonderful. Great. I'm looking for a game. You know, I'm I'm buying something for my cousin to be honest, and I just want him to have an accurate portrayal of like a historical figure in the gaming, preferably Robespierre or the French Revolution or something of like that, that is like an honorable main character for the the game for my cousin. What era are you looking for again? Uh, preferably 1789 Paris, France, uh, but doesn't have to be necessarily. Hmm. What system are you on? Xbox, Microsoft. Oh, let's see... Just something that, you know, doesn't represent the French Revolution as, like, a bloodbath. You know, like, it was, like, something that where honorable people take power from um, the the noble lords, right? Some, so, like, Mario or something like that. You know, is Mario still, are you still making games like that? Is there a French Revolution version of Mario? I don't think there's a French Revolution version of Mario. Okay. Um, but in general, do you say he's, like, an honorable... Would I say Mario's honorable? Yeah. Well, he goes in and out of them pipes and tries to save everybody, so I think Mario's honorable, don't you? Uh, that sounds honorable. You know, I'm I'm more of a, a history nerd guy, so um, yeah. I appreciate it. You're wanting something, you're wanting something for the, in the French Revolution. Preferably, but, you know, Mario sounds good, and maybe I can, like, um, I know I my other cousin's pretty. He's a computer whiz, so maybe he could like program a baguette or something into Mario's hand that he could like hit the bad guys with and um, show how bloodless uh, things can actually be in the when when you take to the streets and take power back from the for the people. Okay. But so uh, thank you. F- one, can, can you hold on one moment? Sure. What? The fuck happened, Anders? <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that guy's definitely gonna call us back. First of all, <laughs> oh man, was Rob Zombie there? 
Rob was not there. Um, God damn it. Yeah, that, I don't think that was Rob. Is it so hard to find one game that says Robespierre did nothing wrong? Is that so hard? We are, see, apparently um, this this episode we're going to be talking about the French election, and I just wasted someone's time in Texas. I apologize yeah. if you're listening. Uh, it represented, you know, what the Socialist Party's been doing with the French people's time. Exactly, and that's what... So today we're going to be discussing Jean-Luc Mélenchon. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And we're also going to be talking about why it doesn't matter if I say it right, because Fran- they don't call France France in France. It's a crazy so, place. Yeah. Uh, Jean-Luc Mélenchon has come out very strongly against the video game Assassin's Creed Unity. And that's why we prank called GameStop. Do you understand? Left jest. Thank you for doing in the left jest. Anders Lee here with Alex Patak. We are going a little. We're going a little international today. We're going to be talking about France, and I was thinking about this. We're going to be pronouncing things. Yeah, we're going to be pronouncing things wrong. But when you think about it, France is... They don't say France in France. They call it France or whatever. What do they say? They don't even pronounce their own language. Yeah, so it's like who? Aluminia. That's what they call it. No, that's what they call Germany. Oh, that's oh what really? Tr- I thought it was alimony, and I was like, finally heading in the right direction, you know, for the podcast. Yeah, we're going to talk alimony, but that'll be a different episode. That would that'll be a good one. Um, we can talk. Well, I mean, we're going to be covering Depardieu in the a minute. Speaking is illegal, just being torn apart in this day and age. Yeah, and it's starting in France, where our traditions are being eroded. Um, we are joined today by the very funny Sarah Kennedy. Hi. Thanks for joining us, as well as foreign correspondent Matthew Easton. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, Sarah is also an expert on I'm France. A huge expert. I know everything about France, so I'm really glad you guys asked me here today. She works for oui, the oui. France Institute. I do. Um, do you want to speak on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So it was founded in 1992. Mm. Um, Good by year. Mr. Jackson and Mr. Jackson. We don't know his first name. He. Um, hmm. Yeah. He just wanted to spread the word about France a little bit more. And um, so we we send people from the Institute um, out to do podcasts and speak uh, on our, on our you know, our France knowledge. Good. Well, this sounds real. Happy right. to have a spokesperson because... Uh, We're going to shit all over France. Yeah. Open up, France. Well, what's... I, I mean, what we are going to shit on them about is being too similar to us because... Sure. We're there in some. Uh, if you're following this election, I'm just starting to keep track of it. But um, it looks a lot like the U.S. election, eerily similar to the one we just had here in November. Um, Le Pen, Le Pen, is the far right radical populist uh, xenophobe who is right now kind of poised to take it. 
Um, she was even more popular. She's even more popular now than than uh, Trump was this far out. Um, Her numbers are fresh. Mm-hmm. And, and that, he, she's not going up against like any kind of Clinton odds either, where she's like poised to lose from the beginning. Yeah, she, it's it's a little scary. Uh, but so right now, l- let's talk about uh, real quick Francois Hollande, who I remember he uh, five years ago got elected, and he was he's the socialist. Uh, he's a president. He's the president now. He's from the Socialist Party, which um, doesn't have quite the same connotations as it does here the social they're basically like uh they're very similar to they're the french democrats yeah they're the democratic party um and Maybe a little bit to the left but not much sure well, well socialist yeah, has a different meaning in french doesn't it sarah yes um i'm so glad you asked about this yes yeah. it does okay cool <laughs> no more questions there. All right. Anyway, uh, we don't know what the meaning is yet. We're the French Institute no still working on that research. It's a romantic culture. Right. But uh, so he I remember he came into office. He had this he declared himself the enemy of finance. Very fiery left wing rhetoric. And then he gets in. What happens, Matthew? Uh, well, at first, I mean, he tried to carry through with that. He tried to uh, implement a 75 uh, percent a uh, top tax rate. He uh, reduced the uh, retirement age from, uh, I think, 65 to 62 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he... Uh, oh, you actually have notes. They're mostly on how to properly pronounce You are names. our most advanced guest to date. <laughs> All my yeah. knowledge is right here in the old French Institute noggin. Wow, yeah. they own your brain. <laughs> That's fucked up. What happened to... Uh, Hollande was very similar to what happened to uh, Francois Mitterrand, the first socialist to be elected president of France in 1980. For the first couple of years, they tried to like keep all their campaign promises. Uh-huh. Uh, the market reacted very badly, as you know, they're, they're want to do, and uh, then they just gave up basically. And like, and uh, after the uh, Socialist Party lost some uh, local elections because of like the declining stock market, he fired his uh, prime minister. He replaced his prime minister with uh, Manuel Valls, who was... Manuel Valls is just fucking terrible. Uh, Manuel Valls is like a guy who like still talks about like... Like I said, the Socialist Party is a little bit left to the Democrats. It's, uh, it's always been very radical in rhetoric, even if it isn't in office. Mm-hmm. But Manuel Valls was the guy who came along and was like, I want to uh, like follow the Clinton-Blair third way. Right. Which he said that in like, you know... I, I don't like that kind of talk normally, but he said this in like 2013. It's like, dude, you're like, this is like 20 year old shit. What the, what the hell? Mm. But then he became prime minister, basically just started implementing austerity again. And is that it's kind of because France wasn't really in on that so much, like in the 90s? What like where was their government at while Clinton and Blair, Blair were having their romance? We want our own friends. Yeah, oh. <laughs> our own Rachel haircut. <laughs> What was it, what were things like in France then? In the nineties? Yeah, I mean they could they were they weren't that. I mean they didn't explicitly you know jack off to Tony Blair like they do now. But uh-huh. it, it wasn't that you know that much more radical. It was they had I mean they had Jacques Chirac and they, they had a conservative in the in the nineties and right. And they'd all wear overalls, but they'd only buckle one of the buckles. They only buckle one of the buckles. <laughs> so it's one difference between now and the nineties. Yeah, Jacques Chirac has the most fun name out of any world leader. Jacques Chirac. That was something I noticed in the research for this. He episode. could be a wrestler. Yeah. Um, but see, I remember the especially s- the Rock's French name, <laughs> Chirac, Dwayne Chirac Johnson. Uh, I see. I re- do remember though in the Sarkozy years. Uh, I remember talking to a French fella, and he 
was saying that he liked Sarkozy because he let them work more, which is something that's like a little strange to hear as an American. They have a limit in France to how much you can work a week, right? Uh, yes. The work week is, yeah. yeah. The 35-hour work week, uh, the socialists always, you know, talk about reducing it to 30. Uh-huh. Uh, the conservatives always want to raise it to uh, back up to 40. Yeah, that, that's their, to use a French term, cause du jour. Uh, the, 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 is France. That's French. That's thank French. you, thank you. But I'm confused, though, because, okay, we have a 40-hour work week, but the majority of people who live here work more than yeah, 40 it's hours, not, so it's, it's a, not even... In theory, it's 40 hours. How That's, does their work week work? <laughs> well, I don't think... Is it, it's not really they enforced here. They actually enforce here. their labor law. Yeah. Oh. We don't, yeah you, I already don't understand. Uh-huh. It's, <laughs> in theory, you should be able to work 40 hours a week and survive, and that isn't even a thing in America. Um, Is that but, like when the owner of your restaurant doesn't pay the kitchen staff as much, but when one of them wants to be a DJ, gets him a laptop, so it's not like a big deal? I think so. I think that's actually uh, the the French, the Democratic Republicans, their uh, center right party. That's their platform now. Is uh, free DJ laptops? Yes. Yeah, that's true. You get a tax break on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but so an, an issue. Speaking of taxes, during the Hollande years, has been. Mr. Depardieu, who we referenced earlier, a uh, big fat actor in I France. I think that was uh, pre-show. It, well, no, we talked about it a little bit in the intro. Uh, but he he's a vineyard owner, and he uh, w- went to Russia because he was so outraged at this tax hike that uh, the prime minister put on him. Right? Well, Gerard, Gerard Depardieu is like a huge figure in France. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's like as important in France as Steven Seagal is in America. So, wow. so when he left, that's he's what, on their coins. Yeah, he's on the you flag. Coins? <laughs> Do you not? <laughs> so when he left, that's what caused like Holland was like, oh my god, I gotta change course because I lost Depardieu, so I gotta become a conservative now. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> Wait, get, what movies is he in? He was in. Well, he's played Cyrano de Bergerac, de Bergerac which is a classic French role, but he was also We lost our ugliest man. <laughs> we have to change course. <laughs> he's fat and he has a big nose. Uh, no, he's in the last Metro, uh, Con- Conquest of Paradise. He's in a lot of Godard film. Well, he's in one Godard film at least. Yeah, he was in Life of Pi, apparently. Yeah. But mm, anyway, uh, now he's a, a Putin pawn, of course. Um, yeah, just like Edward Snowden. Yeah. Right? They all hang out in a compound in Russia. Yeah. Edward Snowden just watches... Depardieu movies uh, and, and Oliver Stone. Um, but something that has happened, it, it seems uh, like, <clears throat> and this is the case of a lot of left-wing governments in Europe, they come into office, they got this this boisterous rhetoric about we're going to take on the, the market forces, we're going to take on the capitalists. And even in Greece, you have not just social democrat, a, a hardline communist radical party who takes power and they end up implementing austerity policies because of the power of the EU. They have to because go... Because they essentially don't have the power to do what they want. <laughs> right. They're still part of the international market. Yeah. All they do is get owned by coins. So, yeah, and so how much has uh, Olan been kind of handicapped by being a member of the Eurozone and having to um, go along with what Merkel wants? A lot. <laughs> Sarah, your take. Oh, I'm so glad you asked this. The Eurozone in <laughs> France is like an auto zone. So um, if you go into one, it's like uh, instead of car parts everywhere, it's mm. small flags for every country. Oui, oui. And so, um, you know, if you, you need permission from 
Do they have Do they have like quick in and outs? Do they have like yeah. early early uh, quotes yeah. so you know yeah, what you're getting yeah, beforehand? Exactly. Yeah, and there's no like hidden fees or anything like that. It's just flat out mm. everything you need. This is very counterintuitive for how you think a like continent wide system would work. But right, mm-hmm. that's and that's this is the day and age we live in. Uh, and one of the contradictions from the French Institute. So <laughs> back to you. No, um, <laughs> we got to get Brett Raybould on here because he does the best fake French impression. I've been trying to like do. I can't even yeah, muster close. like a fake French impression. I always say that's how American I am. Just sound like you're beginning to throw up all the time. There you go. Yeah. I can't even come up with that. You're not gonna believe it. None of those were words. <laughs> those are all just some sounds I made. I can confirm. Those are not actual French. <laughs> I'm an imposter of the highest degree. Right. So, but much like Aland. There you go. Who Anders has had Lee some level callbacks? He's had some complicité, which I know is a French <laughs> word, in the austerity agenda of Merkel and the EU, uh, and that not only is that. Um, is he politically now kind of constrained by that? But the Socialist Party in France was pretty instrumental in setting up the EU in the Eurozone, right? Uh, no. No, they weren't? <laughs> That's what I read. Okay. Um, wow. So who was? There There was definitely a French uh, contingent who wanted that to happen, There's though, French. right? Uh, I yeah, there were some French people involved, but... Uh, I mean, the Socialist Party didn't come to power for the first time until 1980, and the Eurozone was... Well, maybe, Were maybe they around before strengthening that? it in various forms. Well, see, what I read is that Hamon, when he was uh, in the, in, during the Mitterrand years, was um, somewhat involved in the movement to create the EU. Uh, but anyway, so basically, there's this divide um, on the French left, and so uh, Olan did not, is not running for re-election because he has a four percent approval rating. Right, and what? So there, but there's some other factors there, right? I we think can, he could take it. Yeah, they would ninety six percent come back. Yeah. Could he well, do they thought he could maybe win the nomination of his party again, but yep. then he opted not to. But there's also some personal factors at play there, right? Too right. his girlfriend. Well, it's, that actually now come to think of it, that happened before the election, but probably didn't help. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, Used to be in a civil partnership with a Ségolène Royale, who was the, uh, and I'm probably saying her name wrong. She what was a, a name. socialist nominee for president uh, before him, who lost to Sarkozy. Uh, Whoa, scandalous! And uh, he, he left her, and that left a, a bad taste in some people's mouth. He also got caught on tape, uh, just like making fun of poor people and how they have no teeth and right. how they're stupid. <laughs> Right, 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 right. <laughs> so this is like if uh, Hillary Clinton had dumped John Kerry, if she like had a fling <laughs> with John Kerry. <laughs> we all know she's seeing John Kerry, but if she had gone public and dumped him, it would be a different yeah. story. Speaking of French people, he's obviously a John big frog. John Kerry reporting for duty. Ugh. He is very close to uh, <laughs> Saturday Night Live voice. Yeah, he does. I think, yeah. yeah. I'm hungry for sanctions. (laughs) (laughs) He's French, too. Right. Well, he looks. That was a big propaganda thing that the right did to help sink him in 2004 was just, he looks French. Does anyone else think he looks French? Actually, his cousin was the uh, presidential candidate of the Greens in the 80s in France. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So he is actually French. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he sucks. We don't like him. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> so And fuck that guy. Anyway. <laughs> Hamill it, uh, just defeated Vols, who we were talking about, wow. in the primary, and which was not really expected, right? Oh, yeah. So the socialist, even though... You know, they're traditionally one of the two main parties, but the, they, they won the presidency. Their leader is at four in the polls. The, their yeah. president's at four at 4% in the polls. So they were, like, you know, running in third or fourth place in the uh, polls for the general election. Uh, so, th- uh, But everyone thought that the winner of the primary would be uh, Manuel Valls, the, the prime minister, who's unusually conservative for a socialist Uh what role does the prime minister have in their government? Because that was very confusing for me. Uh, yeah. So when so France is unique in Europe in that it has a more presidential system. In most countries in Europe, the prime minister does everything, right, and the president think, is yeah. like a symbolic figure, and usually someone who just you know they had a king, they abolished the monarchy, and they just have this ceremonial presidency instead. In France, they actually the president actually matters. If the president and the prime minister are from, are from the same party. Then the prime minister is basically his sidekick. Like a VP status? Yes. Okay. Uh, in the event that they're from different parties, uh, usually what will happen is the president will just concern themselves with foreign affairs and leave domestic affairs to the prime minister. Wow. Okay. It was not a very well thought out uh, system. No, it doesn't sound like it would work they, at all. They never anticipated that the president and the prime minister would be from two different parties, which was kind of a big oversight. <laughs> but they're separate elections. Yeah. Okay, sure. Why would they ever be from different... If it's a totally separate election... Anything goes. They're always freaking eating chocolate. A different, true. A, it's a true French fact. I learned a lot from Sarah in our hangouts. Mm-hmm. We put on shows and discuss France. Over wine. Yeah, um, sometimes. Well, th- another difference... Frankly, I have a problem. I want you to finish the primary because the primary was yeah. like, even more interesting. You undersold it so much. Oh, thank you. So it was, it was <laughs> not a compliment. Uh, so Mao's was like considered like the front runner and like the, the presumptive nominee, and like everyone just expected that he would win because he was the prime minister, and he's kind of popular. He's he's popular because he's sort of young and handsome, and he's not Francois Hollande. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. He's not bald, is he? Yeah. Uh, Francois yeah. Hollande is bald and has glasses. Oh. So the fact that he even got elected in the first place. A lot of women are attracted to that because it shows All of that his he has high tea. It does? That, that is true. Oh. Mm. All of his girlfriends have been hot, too. It's a power well, thing. Like Kissinger. Fucking president. Kissinger, yeah. <laughs> anyway, true. go on. The primary. Uh, Slugfest. It'd be weird to be like, yeah, really scraping so, by in the singles pool <laughs> as the president. <laughs> like that movie in an American president. The Ameri- yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, but it sounds scary. It was the one that Ted Cruz lifted a quote from when he was like... <laughs> That's uh, not true. No, it is true. It's very true. The, there's a... Because there's a scene in the movie... I mean, the premise of the movie is the president's a bachelor, and he starts dating this woman. That's the only premise. That's the only <laughs> <laughs> And it's a contra... She's not even like... It would be one thing if they went like pretty woman and made her a prostitute or something. She's just like a, <laughs> like a lady in D.C. Annette Benning. <laughs> and... Uh, they, it becomes a big controversy, and he's grilled about it at a press conference. And he says, "Sydney Allen Wade." I don't know why I remember it. Really him. good impression of Michael Douglas. Thank you. He, she is way out of your league. And uh, Ted Cruz, they went out when Trump went after his wife. He, he, <laughs> at the debate, I think it was at the debate, was like, uh, 
kids. Take on me if you want to, but my wife is way out of your league. <laughs> oh, man. He just watches these movies. And, That's anyway. why he's president I love, today. Oh. I love Ted. That's a very good Ted Cruz. I love his voice because he sounds like a, uh, a black comedian pretending to be a white person. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he has like a special charm to him that I'll always miss. I always thought he was like the scariest one running for yeah. just because I never thought Donald Trump could win. He's the one you'd most want to smoke a bowl with. <laughs> yeah, no. just watch his face melt. Right. I mean, he would. It would change him. He would become cool. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so this primary the bold theory. Okay. in France, it's uh, a shorter process, right? This has only been going on for... Yeah, I mean, they, they declared their... I mean, there have been speculation about candidates for you know maybe a year but they only announced and started campaigning like a month before the primary happened uh-huh. uh so vals was a presumptive nominee because he was he's popular and he's a prime minister so he's kind of got incumbency on his side yeah. uh he was facing a couple other candidates uh the main candidate uh was a guy named arnold Mottberg, and he was like the left-wing challenger and people thought you know vals probably gonna win right uh, but maybe Malteberg will win. And then there was a third guy running, uh, Benoit Harmon. Harmon. I thought it was Hambone. Mm-hmm. No, you did uh, Benoit uh, Hambone. And, uh, like, Hambone and uh, Malteberg were, like, allies. Uh-huh. And uh, people were kind of surprised that they both ran at the same time. Because, like, I mean, they're both on the left of the party. Malteberg is a little bit more uh, not as left. Haman was a little was a more radical one, but usually he was just like the sidekick to uh, Mottberg. They would like go, you know, be at press conferences together. They would like sponsor legislation together. So they were like, why are you, you know these people run against each other? That's kind of odd. It's sort of like it's a uh, you know redundant candidacy. But so they say whatever. He'll like get a, he's like a member of parliament. He's a former education minister. He'll get a respectable amount. Yeah. But he's not going to win. The, everyone was focused on basically Vals. just assuming Vals would win and okay. maybe Mottberg. And so they had the election. Uh, it's a two-round election. They have a runoff so that they can actually have a winner who has a fucking you know majority support. Mm. Uh, they had the election, and then kind of out of nowhere, he'd done really good in the debates, but it was pretty surprising. It was a big upset. Uh, Haman came in first after you know polling in third consistently. Uh, Vals came in second, and then M- M- Mottberg came in uh, third. Mm-hmm. Then Mottberg endorsed his his friend and ally. Hard and day for the Mottberg camp. Mm-hmm. Oh. He took it well though, you know he wasn't bitter. And uh, so they had the runoff a week later, and uh, actually, like it, before the runoff, they did some polling, and it was like, wow, he's like kicking Val's ass. So like the the initial first round was a was a surprise. The second round, people just all coalesced around Hamon, and he won very easily. Ah, but um, I feel like this is glossing over the main uh, crux of the issue, which is the all of the left parties in general in France are getting fucking cleaned up by the National Front on the right in the polling right now. Uh, yeah, that's true. There are, lot, there are like a lot more uh, left-wing candidates. That's a problem that France always has, especially with their two-round system. You know, people feel much more free to vote for third parties in the first round or to uh-huh. vote for like less serious candidates in the primaries because, it, you know, oh, we'll just have a runoff and then we'll pick, you know, between the serious candidates. Do they have graduated, or I'm not sure if that's the right name for it, but you like pick three in terms of preference? No, they, I mean, they just have, you know, pick one in the first round, pick another a week later between the top, oh, okay. the top candidates. And like in American Idol, you can call a phone number to mm-hmm. vote. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's what happened in 2002. They were like, you know, 
three right-wing candidates and like eight left-wing candidates, and the National Front ended up ended up, ended up being a runoff between the, the mainstream conservative party and the National Front because the left vote had been split so badly in the in the in the first round. Reading these articles Anders sent me and uh, Sarah vetted through her administration mm-hmm. or organization, mm-hmm. uh, it re- I was strongly given the impression that National Front is terrifyingly at, at, in the lead here. My mom's and, calling. Uh, I apologize. I'm going to hang up on her. Does she have any like, uh, hot takes on this? Uh, is your mom, his mom is actually Marine Le Pen. Who, wow. Uh, I feel like we should have mentioned she, that in the beginning. She, she's not my mom. She's my mommy. <laughs> <laughs> mommy. That's mommy. how they say it in France. Um, Your but, impression reading the articles. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was given the impression that uh, there's an upset on the left where you were getting uh, more radical candidates like Hamon and uh, what's the other guy's name? Mahalon. Melancon? Melancon. Melancon, who's not even in the Socialist Party. No, he's in the left party. Right. Um, but that they are both polling at the bottom of the national polls of all the parties right now. Uh, that is true. The last poll, like, though, uh, I mean, that was before uh, the socials had decided on a candidate, so the polling was kind of kind of unpredictable. Now it's sort of... Uh, Le Pen is in, like, the lead with, like, 25%, and everyone else is tied with, like, 20 And it's basically a crapshoot who's going to wind up going into a runoff with her. It could be uh, Hamon. It could be the conservative Francois Fallon. It could be uh, this other sort of... Kind of like Manuel Valls, this other, like, shitty guy who used to be a uh, a socialist minister and then quit and now is running as independent as like a pro-market guy whose name is uh, uh, Emmanuel uh, Macron. He and might, so and they're all tidesies? Basically. Little uh, Macron economics there. Oh. Um, oh. But the Fallon seems to be the most out of touch of, every, of uh, out of everyone, right? I mean, there's some hope that he's going to split the right vote the conservative vote but he um is running on cuts right i mean he wants to raise the the work week but he's he's running on like a liberal the neoliberal austerity agenda Les republicans party uh, right yeah no they change their name like every two years as well uh, this is very difficult <laughs> to understand yeah the weird thing about france has like never been a very a pro-market country uh-huh. uh and even the conservatives were historically never very libertarian never very you know, they didn't believe in laissez-faire, even though they invented that word. Uh, they were always very, like, they were status conservatives who wanted, like, intervention in the economy. They mostly, like, just believed in, like, strong leadership and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, Francois Fillon, who also came, with, won his primary in an upset, beating former president uh, Nicolas Sarkozy, who was expected to be the, the nominee. He won the nomination of the, uh, of the Republicans in a surprise. He just campaigned very hard to the right, very hard... Uh, Again, in favor of uh, you know austerity and uh, cutting benefits, entitlement reform, things like that, which you know normally I wouldn't think would go over very well in France. Uh, he sort of polling normally until what re- what's really killed him is he found they found out his like wife, he got his j- wife this job at like some sort of like cultural institute, might have been the, the France Institute. Um, we no comment. Does the France <laughs> Institute have any locations in France? Uh, not currently. Okay. Well, are, is that on the agenda, or is that by design? 
It's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. You're gonna have to ask Mr. Jackson. About oh, that. okay. He got his job. His he got his job. This wife. He got his wife this job uh, that made like you know six figures, hundred thousand dollars a year, but it like didn't involve any actual work, and she like never showed up to the office of this institute, and then he like apologized for that. But then they found out that he also employed his children as parliamentary aides, <laughs> and they also never showed up to work and were getting drawing like huge government salaries. So that's sort of, I mean, they're sort of talking now about maybe replacing him as a candidate, but I, I don't think they will. But it's probably going to, you know, that's not good for a campaign. Yeah. And uh, were the kids good at what they did? Uh, th- they didn't show up, so we'll never know. <laughs> were, they, were they good at not showing up, though? Consistently, yes. They worked remotely. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Expertise in some is better than a handful of bees in none. There you go. And that's kind of the philosophy that Hamon is trying to put forward because he's running on his, the big point of his platform. He hates bees. Yeah, exterminating all bees in the French mm-hmm. region. But also he wants a universal basic income. So like welfare for everybody. Uh, bec- and that's a big issue in France because, like, automation has... I mean, it's th- everywhere, but uh, it, at least in the West. But th- with all these, all this unemployment, his solution is to just give everybody not a lot of money. Was um, he the one in the Bloomberg article who was saying that... Or was that the, the left party guy who was saying that, like, with the advanced machines of capitalism, we can have... Uh, Universal basic income now. That was definitely, uh, you know, between him and, and Melancon, it was definitely Hamon who would say that. Yeah. Like Melancon's not a UBI guy? Uh, not particularly. I mean, Hamon is like the UBI guy, and Hamon is the UBI guy in mm-hmm. France. Pretty dope. Right, and that would, what would that look like if they if they managed to implement that? Uh, no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it on like one African village. How'd that go? I think pretty good, but it's kind of a different situation <laughs> yeah i mean ultimately what at least what we what i want and what some of you guys want is uh no jobs right yeah and so if we don't have to have jobs and we get automation to a like automation doesn't have to be the enemy you know this could be ideally it shouldn't yeah that was i the mean that's kind of the like point hundreds of, of years technology now it's just like no fight the machine right you have to fold sandwiches even faster than the sandwich folding nine thousand. <laughs> doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah, and that's kind of the... But, again, the Socialist wait, Party wait, gets wait. in power. Tangent? Have you actually watched how they make the food at McDonald's, like, in in the last year? It's incredible. Yeah, they have, like, different shaped machines. It looks like a Dr. Seuss book back there. They have, like, a little spatula with two ends on it that they, like... You just turn your wrist, and that makes a whole sandwich, and then you squeeze one uh, a, like, bottle, and it puts ketchup on 18 things. I saw one middle-aged woman make around 15 burgers in two minutes Mm -hmm. wow it's incredible to look at and soon they could just you know robotize her and then that's the whole that's the whole game yeah and she can live uh full fully ox what is the word uh fully auxiliated luxury communism that's right um well i mean she'll be the one who has to die for us you know (laughs) she's her and all the cows i guess yeah we won't have fixed that problem at all but right but uh, M- Melanchon's critique of this agenda or this sort of program is that it's still within the boundaries of the EU and NATO and sort of these international neoliberal agreements and institutions. And uh, I am sympathetic to that, that we ha- that I mean, and this is 
would it seems like this is going to be a hard thing to implement if you're going to still follow the EU guidelines under Merkel, you know, which uh, this uh, I, it seems like Hamon still wants to do, right? Well, yeah, between uh, Hamon and then Belenkan, who's like the Socialist Party candidate, a former socialist who broke away and formed a, a more lefter party called the Left Party. Yeah, he's, I mean, I don't think he's anti-UBI, just hasn't promoted it like yeah. Hamon has. Uh, if he does have a criticism of, of UBI, I imagine it's a typical left criticism that like, it's a secret plot to gut all other forms of welfare and that you can't uh, actually live on UBI because it's like $700 a month. Yeah, it's not a lot. I mean... I've seen that criticism. Another far-left criticism of UBI is that if you're doing it in somewhere like, let's say, France, all of the money and resources are coming from exploitation of third-world places that you haven't changed anything from. So you're right. You're still getting your iPhone from the factory in uh, China, and uh, those people are just so sad. Yeah, and I think... Uh, this g- no joke there. <laughs> and when, uh, they, Sometimes it's not time to joke. When people assumed that Valls was going to be the socialist nominee, they thought that maybe uh, Melancon, this lefter, this left candidate, would have a chance of making it to the runoff because, like, people would be dis- dissatisfied with the yeah. But now that he's now that uh, Hamon has won, he's basically taken like half of Melancon's votes in the polls. So. Mm. Melancon's probably not going to do more than like 10 or 12 percent. Do you feel there's any chance they could make an agreement, maybe compromise their two platforms and only one of them run? Is that a thing that could feasibly happen? People talk about it. It could happen. I, I don't think it will, uh-huh. but they just, you know, I mean, Melancon especially is just sort of like, a, like just has a reputation of being kind of a dick. Yeah. No, no. way. Yeah, he's stubborn partisans being <laughs> unreasonable. I can't imagine uh, a socialist who is, you know, <laughs> you know, splits away and is very <laughs> always he, criticizing where you get your clothes from. Well, uh, I definitely want to bring up his uh, a con- something that was a controversy a few years ago with Melancone. He um, was a big critic of of course he is a critic of the eu and austerity policies and uh the far right but another uh object of his ardor is the video game assassin's creed unity which uh mischaracterizes what happened during the french revolution um he pretty much uh you know accurately depicts it but right right well according to him um (laughs) Not to mention that series is incredibly aggressive and exploitative of every community of bales of hay around the world. Jumping off from up to 40 to 100 feet without any of like regard for physics or health and just diving into a barrel of hay like everything's fine. This is true. This is all true. Right. I mean, he's, according to him, he is sickened by this propaganda, he says, about Assassin's Creed. The denigration of the Great Revolution is a dirty job to instill more self-loathing and declinism in the French. If we continue like this, there will no longer remain any common identity possible to the French except religion and skin color. Um, It takes up cliches against revolutionary forged over two centuries, and it is a monstrosity. Uh, the creators of the game are thus part of this ideological current increasingly present in the media who wants to impose on the French people another look at the French Revolution. It is distressing. He asks for a public debate on the transmission of history, especially towards youth. So, uh, obviously, a huge issue in the culture of France, the gaming, 
And that's something that Bernie Sanders didn't take on enough, the the revisionist... Uh, he didn't watch enough mature gaming ads yeah. and release his press uh, thoughts, <laughs> which um, we should have for every politician. Republicans have the mandate on uh, video game outrage in this country. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he's exact. I mean, it's a lot of this. I mean, stu- it's a video game. I should, you know, for context, it's a video game about the reign of terror, basically. And like, and he's coming along, being like, it wasn't that bad. It was Made just, by Rob Zombie, the master. Was there. The, or the, yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah, he, Rob Zombie. In his, um, in his, he was in his Dragula one day, and he mm-hmm. was like, I should make a video game. Yes, Assassin's Hold Creed. First. <laughs> Rob Zombie was a producer of or something. Uh, but, I I mean, obviously there's some problems with Melanchon, and I mean, his last, so he, he created a coalition in 2012, which is the last time he ran, mm-hmm. and that kind of has crumbled, right? They got back together. He was, the French Communist Party, like, which has been in decline for... Uh, Excuse know, me, declinisme. Declinisme for like its whole existence. Like after World War II, the first election after World War II, the Communist Party actually came in first place with like 25% of the vote and they had to form a coalition. But I mean, it, up until the 70s, the Communist Party was the strongest force on the left, uh-huh. but it sort of got supplanted by the Socialist Party because like people realized that the Communists couldn't win elections. There were a lot of good schisms. Wow. And that was Cold War era, right? So there Yeah. Were- they had a lot of strange or bedfellows that were not great for getting elected. Well, for a long time, uh, they were, you know, they were Stalinist. And they, right. they were basically running on a platform of, hey, let's, who wants to implement a Soviet-style dictatorship? <laughs> they, could, they were good at coming in second in elections, but they couldn't, like, swing voters were not attracted to that platform. They couldn't <laughs> make the dictatorship happen. Oh. They had a good run in uh, World War One. There was a big um, French mutiny, I'm pretty sure caused by the communists yeah i mean that they have a storied history um but i do think that they went from winning like you know 20 percent in every election to winning like now they win like five or three or two yeah so they like they is it the same platform uh no they're a little they're not as you know authoritarian they believe in elections now you know they wouldn't abolish elections (laughs) i love Um, when people who don't believe in elections (laughs) run in elections after 80 years of losing we've decided we're elections cool. where we lose are cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they like latched onto Melancon because he's basically the same platform, and also they, you know, they just wanted to latch onto someone more successful. But then they had an internal debate about whether they should try and run independently again, and then they looked at the poll numbers and said, well, "We shouldn't do that. We should just go back to backing Melancon again." Yeah, which they're doing now. This coalition, and now it's called what the disembodied French. Uh, it's called the un. It's called unsubmissive France. Unsubmissive it's France. Actually, called Melancon in the Infinite Sadness. French <laughs> <laughs> uh, French Institute fact for you guys. I enjoyed that joke very much. <laughs> I am definitely highlighting that. I enjoyed that fact we can very much. Every episode. <laughs> <laughs> French French chocolate in the French bread France. flavored water. Unsubmissive France. That's a. I think that's. It's a pretty rock and roll name. Um, it's very see, sexy, is what it is. My thing with this is, and this is, goes to Britain too, is like average people in these countries. A lot of them, yeah, are. They well, don't have teeth. Sure. Right. They don't have teeth. They want out of the EU. Right. And and they want they the the status quo is not working for them. Um, and they don't have a lot of places to point blame to. And uh, I think the task that people like Melancone, who's kind of been thrust into this as a very imperfect 
um, figure, their task is to point the blame upwards, and they're doing that with limited success. Um, but it's not as compelling as the far right demagogues who are getting them to blame immigrants and stuff, and at the same time wanting to leave the EU. Um, I, th- I mean, this is just my American take on it, being a uh, armchair European. But like, why American take? Yeah, they should. We sh- they should get out of the EU. You know, they got to start forming their own thing, right? And that's kind of what Corbyn is having to do. You know, uh, in an improvised way, in, in Britain, is like start forming an alternative. And if the left doesn't have that, then it, it seems like they're going to either get sunk electorally by the far right, or when they get in power, they're not. They're going to be uh, confined by the the limitations that the EU is imposing. I uh, was I was always told the main you know selling point of the EU is these are a bunch of crabby bitches who want to go to war every five years, and this is the one mechanism keeping them from doing that. EU or NATO? EU. I guess NATO's there now, but that was my elementary understanding. Of, yeah, like, but I mean, go to war with each they other. Can't sure, get along. Well, but I, uh, I think it said they all like that. Like these countries are like you know a hundred miles apart, and that mm-hmm. like if you like, you don't have to have a passport. That's the main appeal. Because like, imagine if you had to have a passport to go to like Connecticut. Ugh! All my yeah. trips to Connecticut would be ruined. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, couldn't it, skip rocks. Internationalism obviously is a good thing, but like, it, I. Th- just seems like it they sh- we should try to work on replacing it with something and that's what some radicals are starting to talk about replacing in internationalism Europe. or replacing replacing the, the EU? eu yeah replacing it with something that's progressive and not uh designed to accommodate market forces and all exploit right. third world countries i'll cool off um getting all heated up yeah, but there is i mean talk. but you but there is obviously a very strong current that wants to replace the eu or or not even replace it just abandon it let it sink in europe um and right now in france that's being led by is it marnie or marine le pen Uh, i was it's definitely not marnie i think it's marine where you kind of where you say it in a french accent so you can't tell if you're saying marianne or mark maron mark maron le pen mark maron le pen wants to leave the eu and she is who are your guys Hitler, Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> but she, so she's, uh, well, what's very interesting is the logo for the National Front, right? That's her party? Yeah. Oh, um, shit, yes. I wanted to bring this up. Okay. Yeah. It's a rose. It's a blue rose. It's a blue rose. And the rose, uh, which a lot of Americans, myself included, was, were not, are not familiar with this, is a symbol of the labor left, the, the labor party in England. Their logo is a rose, a red rose. Um, so it's that. It's this I- idea of working class identity, but it's blue, which is a conservative color in France, unlike and here. And it particularly appeals to the French mind, um, which is unique in its own construct because of its fragrance. Yes. Mm-hmm. And from such a strong smelling culture, uh, especially among the... Uh, uh, hoy polloi and working John and Mary's. Uh, I feel you're like you're gonna want something that smells like a rose. I li- I honestly I I feel like they probably hired some fo- French philosopher to like say that exact same thing to pitch the idea of the, of the blue rose as their yeah. logo. Like <laughs> it smells like <laughs> to the French mind. <laughs> 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 and Derrida like becomes a marketing guru. Um, 
So I'm gonna be so disappointed if I ever actually visit France. I have a very set thing in my mind of what, what it's like over there. Now their brains smell good. Yeah, their <laughs> brains are nice. Yeah, I imagine it's smelling good. I I hope to go sometime soon. The one France thing I know is that the uh, whereas people are afraid of the inner cities here for crime, the suburbs are yeah, the scary parts yeah, yeah. of town there, which I can't even wrap my fucking mind around because I'm so of the uh. continent, mate. Well, that's speaking of mates. I remember Russell Crowe in his uh, he got an <laughs> award and he was like, "I grew up in the suburbs," and. Men and men and women around the world who grew up in the suburbs feeling hopeless and like watching that from an American point of view, it's like we grew up in poverty in the suburbs. It's like we don't we don't we have to that drive here. to McDonald's because we were high, but the place <laughs> wasn't even twenty four hours, was it? One time, me mate dog backed into a highway McDonald's on the highway, which it turns out you can't do, and we almost died doing that. Is that Australian actor Russell Crowe? <laughs> I think he is Australian, isn't he? Yeah, he's Australian yeah, or right. New Zealander or something. Uh, I enjoy probably getting trouble. Impression. I think you were giving the, it some like heavy. The like, English accent chaff. sounds like the Australian accent to me. <laughs> this has been documented on the show. I think they're the same place, except one is full of criminals. See, and they probably think the same thing about New York and Texas accents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, so do we all. Yeah, but that I mean, speaking of, I mean, Lahan me, is a movie. That uh, one of my favorite movies growing up, which is about the French suburbs and this. What's it called? It well, it's in English. It's just hate, La Hong, I think. Um, but it's about like yeah, growing up in the suburbs <laughs> and being like all these I this immigrant Sarah, community. She's nodding her head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's in black and white. It's really good. But the there's a this there's a very strong antagonistic relationship between this immigrant community and the police, um, and that's. A big cultural that's been a cultural issue there for a really long time. Um, not all that dissimilar to here, I guess, but uh, but in the suburbs, yeah. But um, Le Pen is kind of seizing upon this um, dissatisfaction in a lot of you know white working class communities, and that the National Front, their history, as you were talking about before, her dad, uh, Jean Marie Le Pen, almost won in 2002, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so and they prevent. They actually there were enough people in the runoff who didn't want him to win. I mean, so that's they, why they have runoffs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to prevent uh, fascists from taking power. And how would you describe the looks of her dad? Oh man, just give it some some nice qualities. Well, if you think Steve Bannon is a looker, yeah. If yeah. you think he's a stud, then uh, your half chub is going full boner when you take a look at John Marie Le Pen. Mm. My man's looks like the Hamburglar has a normal human head. <laughs> he looks like uh, the I guy who ate those hamburgers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All of them <laughs> just ran out. Well, what is well, okay? What's the name of the guy in Office Space? Milton. Mm-hmm. He looks like Milton from Office Space. If you like, gave him a bunch of cortisone and like amphetamines. <laughs> He's uh, so angry in those pictures. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's though. Very angry. There's a really cute one where he's a crown on. Anyway, he's a lunatic who um, has a, uh, he has a long history of saying stuff that's gotten him in trouble. Um, Basically, like whatever. Well, he actually his daughter kicked him out of the party because he like he said because she's trying to like appear more moderate. And he, uh-huh. Who hasn't had to drag their dad out of a party? Yeah. <laughs> Ladies, have you not had to drag your dad out of a party? <laughs> Sorry, keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt. 
he was kicked out for saying the Holocaust was a minor detail of history. Right. <laughs> He's not a denier. He just has questions. <laughs> That's the that fucking best thing about these fucking that fascist even his, idiots. Like, funniest comment though, like he, all, all the time he like he brings up the Holocaust constantly, but just like as a joke. Like just like no matter what the topic is, like he's like Daniel Tosh. Here's a, a middle schooler. <laughs> here's a quote from him in uh, 1987. He says, "If you take a 1,000-page book on World War II, the concentration camps take up only two pages. Oh my god! And the gas chambers, ten to fifteen lines. This is what one calls a detail." Oh my god! <laughs> he said that a lot. He would also just like whenever people were like talking to him about anything, he would just like change the subject to the Holocaust and be like. But he would like make like weird jokes. Like he'd be like, "Hey, what do you think about this like journalist? You're like, well, she's like a little loaf of bread." And like, what? What are you what? talking about? Because I'd like to put her in the oven. Oh God! <laughs> so uh. he's like minimalizing the Holocaust, but also bringing it up yeah. constantly, <laughs> going out of his way <laughs> to talk like about how bug. insignificant. Just, like, serves it up to spike it down. From Sarah's hypothetical of your dad is at the same party as you, and you have to drag him out. How much worse is that when he keeps <laughs> comparing people dad, to listen. bread <laughs> because they need to go in the oven? You are ruining every party you take me to. Interestingly, though, um, obviously terrible thing to say, but in France, this is—I think this is a little fucked up. They have a law where you can't deny or minimize the Holocaust if yeah. if you wow. say that publicly. So he's a lawbreaker. Yeah, which I don't. I he don't was on trial several times. I can't remember. I probably got convicted at least once, but he's been on trial for that. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, in some ways, I think that's. I mean, obviously, free speech, uh, you should be allowed to say that. But also, that makes it so you're forcibly causing fascists to mask their hatred. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're just blending in better. Except yeah. they're clearly not, because they say it anyway, even if they're running for fucking president. Right. <laughs> so now you have Le Pen, who, what is her program looking like? Uh, I mean, I'll try to try and give a like a quick history of the National Front. So, like, okay, uh, please. Jean Marie Le Pen founded this in the uh, in the seventies. It wasn't very popular at first. It won like you know between like one and five percent of the vote. Uh, it never really had a consistent platform. The National Front. It would be like during the eighties he tried to like rebrand himself as like a Reagan style conservative. At other times he was just like a full on fascist. Uh, the only really consistent things about his platform. The only consistent thing was that he opposed immigration. And to a lesser extent, he opposed the EU. But other than that, he was all over the place ideologically. Uh, he got a lot of support from the south of France, where there were uh, people, uh, former uh, settlers from colonies in France who had had to resettle after the colonies were given their independence, mm -hmm. and then later on their children. In like 2011, or like early part of this decade, he, he steps down, uh, gives power to his daughter. She becomes the new head of the party. She uh, you know, attempts to moderate uh, the party, uh, in many, uh, primarily by kicking him out. <laughs> also, she sort of uh, tried to like get a new base for the party. Like previously, it was all just these retirees living on the French coast. Yeah. But she's built up a large base uh, by the border with Belgium and Germany, which is sort of just fucking uh, like the Ohio of France. It's just desolate, uh, you know decimated and just formerly industrial areas uh yeah that's where she she's and she still managed to hold on to the uh, southern base a lot but i mean that's who she's trying to adopt this new base can i ask oh. um one of the articles we read was saying that the national front's base of support is largely in young people and millennials 
which is kind of the opposite trend that we're seeing in America for our fascists. So, uh, any thoughts on that? I mean, they blame everything on millennials. No, but it's saying the the polling like they were getting a new. Is that not true? I mean, right now, like they they pull. You know, it's a multi-party system. I mean, they have runoffs, but like she's she's in the lead with like twenty-five percent. So I mean, maybe they have a plurality, but like you know, it's not uh, a, a notable trend. I mean, maybe they're the most popular party among uh, uh, among millennials, but that's because there's like twelve parties, right? And then like mm. all the other parties against them. Can't even That'd be my wrap my mind around it. I, I, I mean, wonder if there's some offshoot of the alt right. Um, the well, it oh, is no, interesting. The alt right love uh, uh, Marion Le Pen. Yeah, yeah. So. It's, it's, they already have a roses. party. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of pictures of uh, you know Paris Pepe. Really? Wow. Damn. So uh, sick. Well, France. Halloween next year is going to be wild. By the way, guys. Jeez, I'm not going as Trump. Just to let everyone know. Maybe I will. I, I, have, I have the hair for it, so um, maybe Trump. I'll go as Le Pen. Anyway, the France is Young like Trump a deeply there. Catholic place, and I remember yeah. that uh, in a few years ago they had the anti-gay marriage movement in France, which was made up of a lot of people wearing pink. Ironically, um, but the gays love pink. Also true. <laughs> so is is Le Pen seizing on that? Is is she running an ish, a uh, social issue? And by that I mean, I guess like religious issue uh, issues of uh, quote unquote religious freedom and uh, gay rights. Is she talking about that stuff? She doesn't really talk about gay rights at all. She did though, like switch the party's position on abortion. She's pro-choice, and she like wants even state funding of abortion, wow. which upset a lot of the people in the National Front. Because they're like that's this was like the only party that like traditionalist Catholics who only cared about abortion could vote for previously. Yeah, and they were very upset about that at first, but then they just were like, "Well, there's no other party for us to vote for anyway," so they just went along that's with so it. So interesting, the idea of like all the parties are pro-choice. So yeah. who are you gonna go? <laughs> Your one single issue is not even on the table. Anymore. There's a lot of terrible pro-choice parties out there. Happy oh. yeah. <laughs> oh. Who's so who's pro-life in France? Uh, or no anti-abortion, really. excuse me. There was one uh, within the the Republicans, the main right-wing party. There was a there's like a, a faction of it who are like Christian Democrats. Uh-huh. It's called the Christian Democratic Party, but they just like they're against gay marriage and abortion. And they put forward a candidate in the uh, Republicans primary who got came in dead last and won like one percent of the vote. Well, so how so everyone loves abortion in France. It's you yeah. know, all right. It's a country known for their mistresses, so you can <laughs> understand why. Oh boy. Uh well the how similar is her platform to Trump? Pretty similar. Yeah. Uh she's she wants a total moratorium on immigration, so no more immigrants. Uh at all. At all. No one can go. From even uh, so I wouldn't be able to go to France. Well not to not to move there. I think she still wants to allow can, tourists. Uh, so I could visit. But yeah. White people can still go on vacation there. Ah, but if you're from, say, a former French colony, then it's going to be a no-go. Yeah. In many ways, I mean, that's even more uh, radical than, than Trump's because he, you know, so far hasn't tried... Well, he might, you know, in the future, but so far hasn't gone after legal immigration yet. Yeah. Uh, she wants to stop all immigration, of course, deport all illegal immigrants. And does she want out of the EU, too? Yeah, she w- well, she wants out of the Eurozone, definitely. She wants to... Is a, a nationalist thing. Get rid of the 
you know, EU money, get rid of the euro, and readopt all the French money with pictures of Joan of Arc on it. <laughs> um, uh, something I noticed about the trend between uh, American ideologue and the uh, French one is uh, Marine Le Pen will make statements that. Uh, have a series of sentences, right? Like Trump will have a series of sentences, but they make sense when you put them in order, and oh. it's like a paragraph and like a full statement. And, mm, mm-hmm. um, and that can, could be her downfall. Oh. I could. He has some uh, tips for. It was such a such a game changer. And also, like Trump, she's very uh, she's against privatization of anything. She wants to maintain the social safety net as what it is. Mm, right. Um, probably somewhat more sincerely than Trump does, I think. But yeah, that's wow. the rose in her blue rose. Is she going to take it? What do you think? Uh, the conventional wisdom is that w- what happened in 2002 will happen again, that there will be she will make it to the runoff because she's been in the lead in every polls. But whoever comes in second, regardless of whether that's the conservative Fillon or Hamon, the socialist, or maybe even Melancon, the far left or the fucking neoliberal guy, uh, Macron. Uh, they would all beat her in the runoff because everyone else who's not a National Front supporter will get behind the non-National Front candidate. That's the conventional wisdom. But as the uh, past year has shown us, the conventional wisdom is, is worse fucking shit. So I Ugh. would guess she probably wins. Fuck. <laughs> as they say in France, uh, this is the last baguette in the restaurant. That's a really old tiny. That, that's amazing that you knew that one, Alex. I did that's some a, studying outside. <laughs> it was like really passed around. I did some studying in outside, France. yeah. <laughs> because when there's only one baguette in the restaurant, you know, everybody wants it, but it it's a hard situation. It's yeah. a bad situation to be in. Mm-hmm. Flaky. There's gonna be flakes on the floor. Mm-hmm. This is like so. I mean, the way things are going, it is looking like there's gonna be this kind of, uh, you know, trilateral power structure between the United States with Trump, Le Pen in France, and then maybe uh, Farage, Nigel Farage in England. Some sort of axis, if you will. Yeah, axis of (laughs) fascism. (laughs) A fascist. I know the listeners couldn't see the face you made right after that. (laughs) It was very uh, Jean-Marie Le Pen-esque. Another interesting thing I'm thinking about, I talked before about how when the president and the prime minister from a different party, like the president sort of just does foreign affairs and the yeah. prime minister is dem- the national front has like two seats in parliament right now they win like 20 percent of the vote and they actually like change their system back and forth from most of europe has proportional representation uh-huh. like you just vote for a party when you go to vote until like if your party wins like the green party wins five percent of the vote they get five percent of the seats right but i mean the green party can win five percent of the votes here and they win nothing because they don't win a majority in any one district mm. and so france has their elections like we have them they changed it in the eighties, like specifically, partially just to keep the national front from ever winning any seats because they can't win a majority in any district, even though they win like twenty to thirty percent in every district. So little did they know, they're about to take the whole. Well, they'll take. Croissant. They might take the presidency, but like, there's like no way they could win like more than like because they win two seats right now in the parliament, so they're not going to win a majority. Even, you know, if they got 10 seats, it would be like a huge increase. So it won't so. be like an American situation where you have, you know, Trump in charge and then the entire Republican Congress. Oh. It'll be just like Le Pen in charge and then uh, Either the conservatives people who cannot the, believe it yeah. right mm-hmm. under her. So she'll probably just like the socialists or the conservatives will continue running the country uh, like normally. And she'll just like go off on like a, a international press and Twitter tour, just mm-hmm. hang out with Putin and Trump all day. Oh, shit, dude. Probably. I want to do a Twitter tour. Oh. You can, without even leaving we'll the tour house. Of Twitter. 
go to different cafes in different cities around the world. Yeah. Well, it, it yeah, man, it seems like a lot of this is going to depend on, uh, you know, this is a leftist trope, but movements, right? So, like, she, she wins, and then it depends on what's happening in the streets. Uh, is for this how what we were talking about when uh, Jeremy was here? Don't they have... Uh, groundswell of movements yeah but uh like what student movements at least or they yeah but well i think a big issue now is like um they're against and i'm not the first person to point this out uh no, but i think you're the first person no i'm definitely not but the cuts is it's all about let's don't no more cuts but it's like okay good we stopped the cuts but what do we actually want to build don't have any further agenda beyond stopping the rollback you're right, right, right. And and if uh, it's someone like Le Pen who's um, not going to make any cuts, then where does that leave the left if that's what they... I mean, I guess on immigration... Um, I mean, you can take up arms, but Le Pen is mightier than Le Sword. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's what we need. It's a radical Let's candidate with the name Le Sword. I enjoyed that joke. <laughs> so this episode is definitely going to be I enjoyed that joke. <laughs> really bury the lead on all this French shit. We're <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. So, what are some... Uh, I'd like to... I'm a Silver Linings guy. Uh, from the French Institute, from, you know, our ob- observations of the European situation, what are some positive things we can kind of hope for and maybe contribute to? Um, is because uh, some of this, from what I'm looking at it, like in places like Spain, Greece, whatever, it seems like the uh, the anarchists are the ones who are actually like putting bodies on the line and like trying to um, form something outside of the state. You know, because it it's almost especially if you know fascists are now taking power. If it's between, as it seems to be in uh, France, if the best thing we can hope for is you know Fallon. Um, beating Le Pen in a runoff, like, who do we get behind? You know what I mean? What do you envision the anarchist society looking like? Because um, as someone, you know, there's Catalonia, as always, to refer back to, but I like to imagine it like um, an alley in Brooklyn where there's a dripper world and there's a Unit 32 ceramics yeah, and a bookstore with no prices where you kind of haggle with people. And that's just the whole economy from there. I think it's a good model. Punk Alley, we spread. Punk Alley could take over. <laughs> There's the only world. those six stores. That's yeah. It. But that is a th- like a ton of them. Right. <laughs> Ceramics. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is weird to think. I mean, uh, hopefully, I'm going to go to Europe this summer. But like, I, I've you know never been able to afford to go. No abroad. more immigration. You can't go to Europe. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, everyone thinks you're young Trump. I'll have to see what I'm going to do is I'm going to go as his body double and they'll let me into the, these new fascist uh, states. I feel um, like you're negging yourself or something and we're supposed to step in and be like, Andrews, hey, you don't Anders, look, you don't look like you're that. a healthy young man and we're all very attracted to your curves. You don't I, look like Trump yet. I look like Baron, which I'm okay with. Uh, but Baron's a handsome Baron would boy. be lucky to look like you when he's older. Wow. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's extremely kind. <laughs> But there, hallmark of the French. But uh, a lot of this, I think, goes back to. Um, I mean, I don't mean to shoehorn it, like a whole discussion about like 
you know, an alternative. Oh, I'm uh, talking about fucking anarchism. Fucking Anders. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, it seems like a lot of this depends on institution building and building, like, non-capitalist uh, modes of production and, like, getting ready for that to ho- hopefully take over one day, you know, because if we're putting all our money on um, some politician like yeah even as we've seen i think europe is a prime example of you can have a politician who has the most hard line like yes rock and roll radical position uh but then they take power and they're kind of stuck because of the way the system's set up yeah and they just want to date all right they don't even really have a wife they just have like this weird wife alternatives thing what is a civil union like what what was what was the situation he, Alonde had with his girlfriend? The situation was that France is, like, so secular and, like, so anti-religious that, like, people don't even want to get married because it has, like, the taint of godliness on it. So they were like, what, like, you know, occasionally they're like, I want to keep fucking the same person forever, but I don't want God to endorse it. Oh, but so it I, is a marriage. It's, it's just yeah. not it's called a marriage. It's a government-recognized yeah. union, not a marriage, which is like a church. A common law. I thought maybe yeah. they, were, they had both, and it was like a difference. But uh, no. A fraternity. A divorce oh. of the state. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's wrapping up our French talk, everybody. You got something you want to plug? Well, on behalf of the French Institute, I just want to thank you guys so much for letting me come here and speak. Thank you for coming, Sarah. You added so much to uh, the fragrance of our show. Thank you. Um, do you do you have any hot titles on the horizon? Hot titles? Yeah. Am I doing something later? Like a show or something? Yeah, or what sure, whatever. <laughs> you know, that's stuff. I know we're doing a show, but yeah. we don't have a date yet. Find her on Twitter. Yeah, right Sarah Cave. It's spelled like Sarah the Triceratops from Land Before Time. I was an early adopter of Twitter, yeah. and I should have just used my regular Your mind is going to say this is Serac yeah. and not any form of the word Sarah, but... It is. Yeah. Sarah. Jack Serac. Yeah. Jack, Jack Serac. Sarah- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to die. Okay. I have nothing to plug into Matt, you got nothing? You got... You got, you know he's a lot sec- about he does, He's keeping it secret. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, he doesn't want to be infiltrated by the... Fucking A, man. That's an episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, you'll never catch me. Goodbye. Rate and review.